We see some good old-fashioned mob justice tonight. We watched Halloween Kills. Hello and welcome to the Flixology Podcast, a podcast that looks and analyzes and di- dissects forms of media, rather be movies, television, music, and if we feel fancy, even literature. Uh, this is a special midnight release episode because we just got back from the drive-in and literally just saw Halloween Kills. I'm your host, John, and as always, I'm joined by my wife, April. April, how are you? A little tired, I'm not going to lie, but yeah. I am like, I've been waiting the whole car ride home to talk about this movie, and we just wanted to do it fresh for you guys, so John and I just saw the movie, and we have not talked about it yet, so I'm curious to see where this conversation is going to lead. I mean, you and I are huge Halloween fans, uh, we're huge Michael Myers fans. We watch fan. Michael every single year. Yes. Multiple times a year. Yes, like this this franchise is literally embedded into our relationship at this yeah. point. And honestly, I enjoyed everything about this movie. It was worth the three-year wait. Yeah, we've been it waiting was, a long time. Um, of course, Halloween Kills, directed by David Gordon Green, written by Scott Teams, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green, starring Jamie Lee Cur- Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Machek, Will Patton, Thomas Mann, and Anthony Michael Hall. Basically, this movie takes place immediately after the events of the last Halloween movie that transpired. Um, Was it worth the wait for you? I feel like I would definitely recommend this movie just off bat. I like off the bat, like, and I think that it was definitely worth the wait. I did not like one or two things about it but i mean you're not gonna have a perfect movie ever i mean that's just so rare um but like i just freaking the michael in this was brutal i feel like this was his character is michael like i feel like every michael is the same but it's slightly different and this michael was just brutal like vicious and i really appreciated that because it was way more scary than usual michael I mean, this this was the most brutal kills we have seen in a Halloween movie. I mean, just from the very beginning, and you know, like there was there was just just more brutality to these kills. And I, I mean, and we're every, trying to do a non-spoiler episode. Yeah, and it's so hard not to talk like about. What, we're like, do we talk about that? Do we're we trying to treat. We're trying that? to treat this like. It's, it was the Candyman episode, but we just want to talk about this so much. Yeah. Um, so we're trying not to give away like too much of you know who dies, who lives, like that kind of thing. Um, but I do like how they incorporated a lot of the older characters into this um, from like the first movie and um, just other movies that we've gone through, and I. I like how they pulled directly, like they they started up literally directly where the last one ended. Yeah, almost as if it was the same film just split in two. So I mean, that was kind of cool. I mean, I even like where it goes back to flash night flashbacks and then picks up a little bit of the very first Halloween movie, um, like, and you actually see Samuel Loomis in the movie a little bit. Like, I can't believe it's been 40 years that Michael has been terrorizing these people. I mean, well, finally, they like all get together and revolt against I, I him. will say this. If if you're not a diehard fan like we are, you probably won't get it. 
Like, if I mention the name Tommy Doyle, you're if you don't really know that much about Halloween, Halloween, you're probably not going to get it. But if you're a diehard fan, you already know. Um, I do want to talk about this. Um, who was your favorite characters in this movie? Okay, I know that my favorite characters should be like the big stars in this film. Jamie Lee. You and, know, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. you know, her daughter, her <sighs> granddaughter, this, that, and the other. But honestly, for this film, it was Big John and Little John. <laughs> Their characters oh, were the, the guys. absolute best. The guys, the two men who were living as partners in the old Michael Myers house. Um, Scott MacArthur and Michael McDonald, who's known for playing Stuart on Mad TV. Let me tell you, they were hilarious. And, like, I just love their characters. I love that they, like, refinished and restored Michael Myers' house. And I love, like how they really um like they really had me guessing like about how they were used to everybody kind of talked about how michael used to sit and look out the window and look at haddonville um haddonfield haddonfield <laughs> it's late um look at haddonfield um like through his sister's window and stuff and like you see that room coming again and again and again and you find michael in that room again and again and again so it, that part was interesting um, but I just really enjoyed those characters, and I thought they did a really good job. I I really, I really wish I could have seen more as Jamie Lee Curtis do a little bit more in this movie because you know she did not really do much in. And this I movie. get, and you get why. That was one of the things that I was going to say. I did not I like think, about this movie. I think I wanted more Jamie Lee Curtis. I think Will Patton did good. Anthony Michael Hall was really my favorite character as Tommy Doyle. I thought Judy Greer, who plays Karen, the daughter of uh, Lori, and then Andy Machak, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She played the granddaughter. I thought they were really good. It felt like this was more their movie, like their like like Jamie's passing the torch. Yeah, and, and I think they're kind of setting it up for the next movie. Well, I was passing I was, that torch to the granddaughter. Well, I was gonna say it kind of feels like a new generation. Like I'm not saying there's gonna be a new Michael. But it kind of just felt like a new generation because this town has living it with PTSD from that night. Well, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis has had enough. Like, I think she's done with Michael. Like, maybe she's just done doing Michael movies. In no, no. Too, she said know. she will keep doing them. She will? She said in an interview, she will keep doing them as long as she can. Well, thank goodness, because I just wanted more Jamie Lee Curtis. And I yeah. just feel like I did not get enough of her. And I just w I wish that she would do more in the next one well you know i was scared it was going to be the end I, for her but. i i i think i i agree with that like i feel like i like how you know bad they really made her character like she's just so tough like like, I just a, like a survivor yeah well yeah. and like okay in the last movie that just came out right before this one mm -hmm. i love how like hardcore and like tough that she was and how much of a fighter she was. And, like, I just really loved that version of her. Um, yeah. Even though, you know, it's just 40 years of pent-up aggression PTSD, and PTSD, PTSD and everything yeah. else, paranoia. And, like, you know, she kind of traumatized her daughter there, like, training her for Michael to come back and all that. But um, I just, I don't know. I think it was a cool transition and transformation. It was cool how they trapped Michael and everything. I just really enjoyed that part in the last movie. So in this movie, 
when he gets out. You like you actually see it's him. It's like wow. But you see, I can't believe that happened again. I can't believe he's still alive. But you like, see, that's what I like about this. It's he's not focusing his attention to Lori in this movie. He's focusing his attention to Haddonville as a general whole. Yeah, like the whole town. And then you also deal with like the survivors and everything that they've been through, like Tommy Doyle and then a couple of other people. Um, I feel like Michael's like becoming a legend in the town. Kind of like how well, legendary like Candyman and like Sweets was, you know? Like it's a legend of yeah. Michael. I think like even though like when when I say legend, I don't mean icon. Like Michael Myers is already an icon in our you know, real lives, right? He's an icon in horror films. But I'm talking about like he's in a genuine, Like they're genuinely scared to talk about he's him. He's a legend. It's almost like taboo to like mention him. And like even whenever the guy gets up to do like open mic, you know, Tommy gets up there and he starts talking about Mm-hmm. The boogeyman. I mean, it's almost kind of taboo. But I mean, that's the thing. Like to speak of. Well, they, they actually are terrified talking about Michael, and you feel that when they even bring up the boogeyman or Michael Myers's name in this movie, because he's just become the symbol of like fear and. And I thought that came through well, like in the movie too, like. All of the fear kind of fed through the characters really well in this film. Like, there was some humor and there was some creepy and eeriness and some, like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a jump scare, you know, moments. That There but were some that did get me. the fear <laughs> and the absolute, like, viciousness and, like, the terror and just the panic that the town had, the chaos that Michael yeah. brought to Haddonfield, I felt like it really came out in the film. And... The whole time I was just kind of like tensed up, just like waiting and like unraveling. And there was one point you and I looked at each other and we were like, gosh, I don't know what's going to happen next. So, and you were like, yeah, I kind of like it. So kind of more progressing now. Um, what did you think of the music in this movie? Like, it just I felt, always love the music. Well, you know, the music was by John and his son, Cody mm-hmm. Carpenter. And... <sighs> I know he just used synthesizers. Yeah. But he, it just feels like that this world that he has created just feels perfect. Like the creepy style and tone with the piano. I feel like, like from the Hall- very, the Halloween franchise would be nothing without the music to go with it. Like, think like I of, just love all the music. Like think about the very first time you watched Halloween and you know, like Michael is stalking Lori and you hear the little piano go, dun, dun whatever yeah it's so dead on perfect i don't think you can put any other music with it it's ridiculous and if you hear those sounds to this day even without the film without it being halloween without michael being anywhere in sight you know what it goes to well you see um i I agree it's like the star wars music the Star Wars music is so iconic. Like, if you hear that anywhere, you know what it is. Well, I mean, you know, so I just feel like Michael's music is so iconic. Like, you cannot change it. Well, it's just, and like I just really love like how they keep exploring it and like growing the music. Well, like, that, well that's, I think it's done really well. Well, that's the thing. You can argue the same thing too with like the Freddy music, the Jason music. Uh, the Chucky music, the Hellraiser music, like they all have yeah, their own but distinct face, but has, Michael always stands out. Yeah, Michael stands out above all. And our, to us guys, I mean, we're not just another iconic horror, 
But yeah, I mean, I got the DVDs to prove it. Yeah, but we and we love those guys. But Michael is just special for us. So um, another question I wanted to ask: What did you think of the mask design for Michael in this one? Okay, <laughs> I thought it was just brutal. It made him look harder. Like it made him look scarier and just like just more because of evil. that burn from the fire and yeah. everything. Yeah, and then yeah. also like he got shot in the face, like didn't he, or in the head, like at the before they set him on fire in the last episode, he got shot. They in the did face. mention it, and I know we watched. <laughs> and they kept showing like the yeah. the skin and stuff. Well, in you the see, back I was gonna mask. say like I know we tried to watch it a little bit before we went tonight to go see this movie, just yeah. to, like get like a little refresher because we watched the original. And then we had to turn the other one off because we had to go somewhere. But um, I don't really remember if they did shoot him or not. I, I'm assuming they no, did. No, I'm saying they did. They did, and then I, they set him on fire. Yeah, like I. but that's the thing. I know they said in the movie that we just saw that they did, but I'm trying to remember if they actually did, you know? Well, they wouldn't have said that if they didn't. True. Like, David... Like, uh, let's talk about the Easter egg in the movie. Oh, can I do it? Yeah, yeah, no, so, um, and John discovered this all by himself. I didn't even catch this one because you have not seen this one. It's the one Halloween movie without Michael in it, which does exist. It's Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, Season of the Witch Halloween 3 is a movie where it doesn't have Michael in it, Michael is not even mentioned in this. And basically, it's about this Halloween company that's trying to kill the children of the world with ha killer Halloween masks that have a witch's spell on it. And the reason why they're doing it is because the owner of the company sees it as a giant prank. And the masks were a witch's mask, a pumpkin mask. A skeleton. And a skeleton. And you actually see these masks used in this movie. Yeah. And I was so happy to see like that little, that little tip or whatever to Halloween three because I, I, I th people diss Halloween three because of it doesn't have Michael. I actually like Halloween three, but um, I saw that little Easter egg and I was so happy. Um. But yeah. Well, and I think I really appreciated that they took the time to let Michael kind of do the terrifying staging after the kills because mm -hmm. I feel like it just adds to the kills. And honestly, there if we were to count, I don't even know how many, what the kill count is for this. I mean, there was at, at least 20 or 30. Well, you at know, least. Well, because um, I think they said that there were 11 firemen in the beginning. Oh yeah. I need to talk to that you about, I need to talk to you about that actually. So there is a scene at the very beginning of the movie where Michael does kill firemen, spoiler alert. And people got so upset over that. Yeah, because they're first responders. Yeah, and they tried to sign a petition to get that whole entire scene cut out of the movie. Yeah, it was brutal. I did not like that. Honestly, I no, I don't know no, if, it, if it, just... it needs to be removed from the movie or not. And I'm not, you know, citing one way or the other, guys. But I think it was kind of offensive in, in a little bit, you know, because first responders... Like, they're held to a higher standard, and to see them massacred like that, it was kind of brutal. Like, it was too much, It, you know? But I get it. I get it, and I get why they had needed but to do see, that. But you see, I feel... Because they had to get them out of the fire pit that they set from the last movie. Okay, you and I can go back and forth on this one, though, because here's the thing. I feel like it's appropriate to have that scene in the movie, because it just shows that Michael just does not care. 
he'll kill whoever he has to kill. Yeah. He's Michael. And it really showcased his strength and like he really just came up swinging like you could tell that he was pissed. Um, like this whole movie you could tell he was just mad and just fury was coming out of him and like he yeah. just looked so much more evil in this one. But I, I really I really liked that. Yeah, I, I, I cool. really I really enjoyed this movie. I it's a total I think obviously Yeah, we're both total recommends. And I will say this, it's also on the streaming service Peacock if you do pay a little extra for it. Yeah. Um so now it's time to play. So I don't have the our two favorite games. So I don't have the full budget box office. I can t- give you how much it made the very first night, the Thursday night preview. And I can either, you can either take the Thursday night or last night, which is Friday night, which is what it came out on. Which one do you want to try to guess? Um, the first day it came out. All right. This movie was made on a $20 million budget. How much do you think it made first night in the theater, including Worldwide reviews? or just the U.S.? Um, I think just in the U.S., just on opening night. Forty million. Twenty-two point eight. So it already meet the budget. And that's on a Thursday. No, that's on a Friday. On the very first Thursday night, four point eighty-five million. So on the Thursday night preview, where it does like the Thursday night showing. Yeah. Four point eighty-five million. On the Friday night release worldwide, twenty-two point eight. Made on a twenty million dollar budget. It. Wow. So basically, it made back all the money. Like, that's insane. Dude. Um, And then last, you're going to hate this. What did Rotten Tomatoes do? Do you really want to know? I want to know. You're not going to like it. I want to know. Can I read you the constituents first? Yeah. Halloween Kills should satisfy fans in search of brute slasher thrills, but in terms of advancing the franchise, it's a bit less than the sum of its bloody parts. With that, what do you think Rotten Tomatoes gave it? Um, 60s. 38. 38? 38. No way. Uh Uh-huh. That's... Look, <laughs> we got to stop doing this game. No, I love doing this game. I love doing this game. With you. I just think that's insane. I mean, this movie was definitely worth a freaking watch. It was definitely worth at least half, if not 60, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, they have lost their mind. It was, it kept me in chills the whole time. I was suspense. At one point, me and John, either one of us knew what was going to happen next. And that says a lot because me and John both know exactly what's going to happen pretty much at the beginning of every movie we watch because we've just seen so many movies, especially horror films. Like we can kind of call it from the beginning. So the fact that he and I both were like, what's going to happen next? Um, like what direction are they going to take this? Like, I think that that says it all right there. It's worth a watch. I mean, this is a highly recommend movie for me. If you're a big Michael Meyer fan, I think you'll love it. If you're not a huge Die Hard fan, you probably won't get some of the references. But I do like the fact they do try to cover it up a little bit. But, I mean, this is a recommend. It's Michael at his best. It's probably the biggest kill count in any Michael franchise. And I do want to say this. 
shout out to the Dead Meat Podcast and shout out to James A. Janice. They have a show called The Kill Count on YouTube where they go back and um, rate and number off the number of kills in every horror movie. Mm-hmm. And Halloween series is a big staple in that franchise. Mm-hmm. And he has done everyone but this movie, obviously. Uh, I recommend listening to them. They talk everything horror. I recommend uh, watching The Kill Count because James A. Janice is just a pretty good... He, he's, he's a fun, entertaining guy. So shout out to them. And please do this movie. And yeah, if, I can't wait to hear it. And if you do, please give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or an email. Uh, yeah, or an email. Um, so that was our review of Halloween Kills. Thank you for tuning into this very special midnight release episode. Uh, we will probably do this again if we get some attention. Uh, it has to be a pretty big movie franchise thing like Halloween. Yeah, we're going to go back and review with spoilers once uh, everybody's gotten a chance to see it. We just Once it comes out. It, yeah, like once yeah. it comes out. But it's just still in theaters right now and it's so new. We didn't want to spoil too much. So we'll get into more review later. Um, but tomorrow, um, well, I guess it would be today. Um, yeah. Check out... <laughs> We are doing a review of The Forest coming out late at 7 o'clock Sunday night. Uh, we we actually enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, but until then, this has been the Flixology Podcast. I am John. And April. Take it easy. <laughs>